Hi, this is Janice Temple of World Black History on Periscope, uh, sharing with you an essay written by Horace Selden, Why There Is No End to Racism in the United States, written August 1993. Having come to the reluctant acceptance of the permanence of racism, and the simultaneous liberation that acceptance has brought to my involvement in the struggle against racism. I have been asked often to indicate the reasons which lead me to the assumption of permanence. Sometimes the question, questioner seems rooted in stubborn resistance, sometimes in puzzled inquiry, sometimes in defiant incredulity. The question begs both my mind and my heart for an answer. Three large categories of what seem to me to be factual observations become the headings under which I cluster my response to the question. Here's an outline of some of the reasons which lead me to conclude that racism is permanent in our nation. First, there is a massive ignorance about race racism in white America. Andrew Hacker has said that every one of us could write a book about race. That is true. Almost everyone I meet regards themselves as an authority on race. That common assumption makes it doubly hard to make my point about ignorance. Yet almost daily experience of talking with whites leads to a conviction that the lack of basic information is appalling. The ignorance of which I speak is never an excuse for inaction to end racism. In our society, ignorance is never an excuse. We are surrounded by information sources which can provide understanding beyond our ability to act on it. The will to pursue the information is frequently lacking. That is my next point. The willingness to act on what is known lags even behind the knowledge, but the vacuum of not knowing remains real. When I consider the evidence for the ignorance, the questions and comments which have assaulted me almost daily for years flood my memory. A distinguished professor of law wondering why I speak of African civilization because he knows of none such. Public debates about affirmative action by people who do not know about the history of what brought it into being. The worn out question asked about black people in particular, what do they want anyway? Why do they destroy their own neighborhoods? Asked by every riot of the century. Asked after every riot of the century. What do Asians think about? Insert any topic you care to. Why all the complaints about Columbus? Why can't Hispanic people learn to speak English? Don't talk to me about slavery. That was hundreds of years ago. At this point, you can expand the illustrations to your own satisfaction. Then we could engage ourselves in a long discussion about whether the list is an illustration of ignorance or a more subtle form of psychological denial. The answer to that question will depend very much 
on the particular situation or persons involved. Still, at one level, it seems to me often to be simple ignorance. There is a lot which many people do not know about race racism in the United States. Apart from those who know but just don't want to do anything, apart from those knowers who are tricked by their own psyches, I'm appalled by the numbers of people whose conversation is laced with not knowing when it comes to race racism. The educational job is massive and needs addressing at every level where communication takes place in our society. Ignorance is never an excuse for inaction, but action based on ignorance will produce no good. So if you have not, please uh, listen to On the Permanence of Racism by Horace Selden. Hi, this is Janice Temple with World Black History on Periscope, reading an essay by Horace Selden, Part 2, Why There is No End to End Racism in the United States, written August 1993. The educational job is massive and needs addressing at every level where communication takes place in our society. Ignorance is never an excuse for inaction, but action based on ignorance will produce no good. The educational job will always leave huge vacuums of ignorance out of which will come actions which are not solutions, but which are barriers to change. Second, there is no sustained national will to end racism. Underline in thoughts the words sustained, national, and will. Dr. King said once that we are a seven-day nation. His reference was to attention given by media to major events representing societal problems. Something cataclysmic is featured on the front page or pages or at the top of the TV news for a couple of days, receding to the inner pages and then disappears about seven days later. My completely unscientific ob observations affirmed that King was just about right. The attention span given to some of our major problems is measured in column inches and sound bites. Racism seems particularly prone to this treatment. The color line emerged as the great problem of the 20th century. The unresolved issue now projects itself into the new century. After the LA riots of last year, I spoke at a rally here in Boston. A cub reporter sought me out hoping that I would respond to her question about what would happen because of the rally with assurance that there would be some real changes made. My answer, born in a history she did not understand, told her that the primary good which would result was that the people who came out in the rain would feel better. That was important, I asserted, but history taught me not to expect much else from rallies. Sustaining the energy and the concerns that propels people to come out is never easy, and unfortunately, the attempts to encounter the lack of will to address racism, even among well-intentioned people, during 1992, when we were organizing around 
alternative quintessentry editors to demythologize Columbus. There were about 70 people involved in planning and actions. The fad of that year-long moment dissipated shortly after October 12th, and only a few were left to continue the ongoing struggle for indigenous rights. Staying power is minimal. Absent is the will to engage in the long haul, to recognize the truth of the absence of a sustained national will to respond to racism is not defeatist. It is acknowledgement of reality and can be the impetus to invigorated determination to continue the struggle. That determination engages the hard work to create that national will to continue to hope in the face of hopelessness. You can complete this beginning list too. You will have instances from your own experiences illustrating the failure of a sustained national will. Third, the economic political system which regulates our life in this nation is built on conserving principles guided by controlling interests concerned to protect and extend the past which has served them well. The political system is designed to allow for change, but that change is managed by those dedicated to the expansion of policies which clearly work for their benefit and profit. While believing or pretending that the system serves all people, that system has worked steadily to empower some and to impoverish others. Economic class disparities flourish, and in that context, racial divisions are created, exacerbated, and exploited. History teaches that clearly. Hi, this is Janice Temple with World Black History on Periscope. And I'm reading from Horace Seldon's essay, Why There Is No End to Racism in the United States, written August 1993. This is part three. Please listen to part one, parts one and two. Racist views and policies put into practice have built a nation on the backs and labor of enslaved Africans of dispossessed indigenous people, of Asian, Latino, and European immigrant groups. That is not rhetoric, but demonstrable fact. In the context of that development, we built race into the social compact in such a way that close to groups of color, avenues of escape and advancement available to whites. Progressive attempts to remove the barriers for the people of color are met with resistance and strategies to undermine and subvert every gain. We need only to watch what is happening to affirmative action undertaken only a few years ago as a conservative and modest step, now attacked both because it has worked for some and has not worked for others. Similar evidence is rooted in the history of progress and regression in our nation. There is little which makes me think that the future promises more than the past when it comes to race and racism. It is your turn now. If you agree, please add to my comments. 
If you, if you disagree, say that too. If you think me wrong, I hope you are right. Even better, I hope I live to see that day when you have proven me wrong, not in discussion, but in the places where ideas become reality. Horace Selden created and co-taught a course on the history and development of racism in the United States at Boston College for 25 years. He has, in many ways, helped countless people understand the roots and impact of institutional and systematic racism and inspired them to take action for racial justice. He founded and directed Community Change Incorporated, where Selden dedicated his life to fighting racism. June 18, 2017 was declared as Horace Selden Day by the mayor of the city of Boston, Martin J. Walsh. Please share this out, subscribe, call in, and share your comments. Thanks for listening. Hi, this is Janice Temple with World Black History on Periscope, and uh, I ask you to call in and uh, reply to why there is no end to racism in the United States. Please listen to the podcast by Horace Selden, the first three essay part one, two, and three on why there is no end to racism in the United States, which he wrote in August of 1993. Um, what stands out to me about what he wrote is, when I consider evidence for the ignorance, the questions and comments which have assaulted me almost daily for years flood my memory. A distinguished professor of law wondering why I speak of African civilization because he knows of none such public debates about affirmative action by people who do not know the history of what it brought it into being. The worn out question asked about black people in particular, what do they want anyway? Didn't realize that's what I, white people were going around asking themselves. That was new, new awakening for me. This one I did hear. Why do they destroy their own neighborhoods? Asked after every um, riot of the century. What do Asians think about? Insert any topic you care to. Why all the complaints about Columbus? I thought that was very interesting. Why can't Hispanic people learn to speak English? Don't talk to me about slavery. That was hundreds of years ago. So, um... What I want to focus on is why all the complaints about Columbus. I recently did a tour at the uh, Capitol building in Washington, D.C. And I noticed that the history of America is founded on the belief that Columbus founded America. And I do remember learning that in elementary school, but to see his statue, to see it painted, to see it institutionalized on buildings is a 
different, it's a different sense of a, a different aha moment for myself, I would say. And um, these values will never be removed because they're on these institutions, they're on the buildings. It's in the Jefferson Memorial Library, um, the Library of Congress. I mean, it's just incredible. The Thomas Jefferson Library of Congress, has, it starts with the history of Columbus founding America. And that is a falsehood. It negates the existence of the indigenous people who were here. It negates their very existence, the very core. So founding America on that lie and to have it written, engraved in the buildings, in the institutions which are white, um, walls that are white, and then the paintings, you know, depicting the, the people that founded this America. And then to have the Indians in the background, the Native Americans, I do apologize, the indigenous people of the United States. Mm, that's what really struck me. And the fact that people do not understand why there are complaints about Columbus. So, um, yeah, that, that's my reflection. Please call in, share your thoughts.